0: Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face, both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. Uh, Tonight I am joined by three members of my uh, firefighter family. I have Ash. Hello, Scott. Hey, and Mr. Spence. Hi, Carl. Uh, What are we talking about? Leadership. Mm. Talking about leadership tonight, and leadership from a, a firefighter point of view, as opposed to an officer point of view, which we will be covering next week. But this week, we're talking leadership. It's mm-hmm. a two part episode. It's a two yeah. part episode. There's a series. Our first is yeah. a series. Oh, a that's series, right. Yeah. Is, is a series the, the series one than two? I think the series is more, I don't know, right now. So, so we should do sure. an episode sure.
1: after that from the, I don't know. Whose point of view? It's a
0: good. good question. We um, could have a.
1: Civilian's point of view? no
0: (laughs) but you guys you guys were just on a you were just on a not a leadership course you were on an officer's course Mm -hmm. that all uh, people that are looking to step up to the plate to be officers and people that are currently officers need to take in order to uh, stay current obviously and then keep that accreditation so you guys uh, let's start with Ash so Ash what did you what did you discuss there I guess there was we were discussing something about the, the, the different types of leadership maybe let's start there
2: yeah, so there is uh, three, I want to say, documented three three types of leadership that they spoke about, and you have your democratic, your autocratic, and laissez-faire, and they're they're three distinctly different leadership styles. Um, all of them, in my opinion, two of them very very valid, laissez-faire. Not in emergency situations, but more, I would say, come into play uh, for the full-time guys, living <coughs> guys. Uh, they spoke a lot about the laissez-faire uh, French, means let let it be or let them be. So you're you're just letting your people run wild with um, w- without any real leadership. Basically, uh, you would you trust that your people know what they're supposed to do. But you also don't really care of the outcome. Is kind of what I got from it. Um, where your democratic and autocratic are definitely more—they're um, structured.
0: Um, so on the on the democratic side, yeah. How, how was like? How did they describe that? Is it like? Does everybody vote on the the situation? Kind of that.
1: Yeah, I think it was. Uh, it was another one that you don't really use much on the fire round. Because you don't really have time to, like, everyone's not like, mm-hmm. gonna sit there and make a vote and debate right. stuff right? for the most part. I mean, there's times I guess when you're on the part, like doing <clears throat> mall puppet stuff. Because there's times when you have pauses in, 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 a, in a fire where you're like, "What do you think? What do you think of our plan?" Mm-hmm. Oh, everybody's ready to do this? Yeah, okay. And if someone really wants, it's like, you know, like, well, the truck. We were talking about the truck at the wildfire. Um, when they, when uh, you guys kind of got trapped there. Yeah. Um, a more democratic position would be, hey, two of us don't want to go here, one guy does, let's not go there. Mm -hmm, Um, For sure. I don't know if that's a good example, but that's, you know, um, in a democratic society, or democratic scenario, Mm -hmm. that would be kind of the idea. But is it good in an emergency scene? Mm -hmm. Uh, Some ways, I think, but...
3: In a de-escalated emergency scene, let's say when you're... When you've got it under control, there's still work to be done, but you're under control. Everybody's de escalated. Then you could break out the the uh, democratic. Arriving on scene, the IC, the first truck officer, for sure it's going to be autocratic. I want you to do this. Go and do that. There's going to be a little bit of decentralized command going on also. I not got there yet. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Sorry. I <laughs> got <laughs> stepping on toes. <laughs> <laughs> but like, first, do the original emergency. Everybody's amped up. Um, hopefully you're gonna have a good IC that's gonna tell you go do this. That's autocratic. Mm-hmm. Later on when everything de escalates and maybe we're mopping up or maybe you know, we've got it under control, whatever it is, you can have some democratic like, hey, should we start here or should we start there? And I think laissez faire is gonna be a perfectly fine option for um cleaning up hose, throwing it on the trucks. Hey guys, we gotta clean everything up. I don't think I have to tell you how to do that. That's right. So laissez-faire is perfectly acceptable there. So mm-hmm. all three are acceptable. There's not one that's the one that you want to strive for. There's different situations for each that can
0: be used mm-hmm. for each. So it sounds like using the mix of those things, obviously, is the best way. I think so. So, um, yeah, let's... ask you
2: got... I think where we're saying a mix of all of that comes into play, <clears throat> there's certain calls where you only can have autocratic if you're looking at a um a hazmat you you can't there there is no other way there is the way it's you follow these steps you don't veer off of your path you know you there is no let's talk about this no it's there's containment there's there's all the steps that you have to follow um where like you were saying there's in most other situations there there is a chance for um a bit of a blend throughout the course of the call and even on a hazmat you can once you get to a certain stage you can then drop it down but there's definite spots in every call i think where you have to start out autocratic and then how you progress from there um and we're maybe foreshadowing into a a little bit more of what spencer alluded to let's
0: go or are we there right now? I think it got brought <laughs> up, and it's, it's kind of your baby. so Yeah, so, yeah, so we've, got the, we've got the standard three that, obviously, they teach in these courses, and this is the standard three that most people use, but right. all of us in the room are big fans of, of, of a, a person here, and I'll, I'll throw it over you because I know that you're... Well, I'm just going to say
1: right now, this is going to be Jocko Heavy, <laughs> 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 this, uh, this episode, um, because one of the leadership styles that... I almost, well, I brought it up in the course to the instructors. There's there's a fourth one I would argue, which is, which is a decentralized command, um, which is one of the prime things from from the Jocko podcast and from his book, which I happen to have next to me for <laughs> reference. Um, so the decentralized command method it, it relies on everybody kind of being well not everybody kind of being everybody being trained to a certain level and being able to handle certain situations. Um, so. You don't necessarily need to be autocratic, but if we show up at scene and the chief says "vent that, vent that house," um, there's something called that they call the commander's intent. So the commander's intent, so the chief's intent is for us to vent the house. He doesn't have to order us how to do it. He doesn't have to say, "You grab that fan. You cut the hole in the door, or you know, break the window. You do this. You do that." it's like, "I want to just vent that house. Okay, vent the back. Vent that window." And then he carries on because he knows we're going to go do it. So the commander's intent is for us to invent. He's not going to tell us how. We all know how, more or less. There might be different because we might get there, and it might be a different size window, or might be some variables in there that we weren't, we haven't trained for. But we're going to figure it out because we're smart people. And that's I think where the decentralized command stuff comes from. It's still, it's not um, laissez-faire in the fact, just let them do whatever they want. And it's not autocratic in the fact that you're telling them do exactly as I say. And it's not democratic in the fact that you're not really voting on it, but you're we're having a discussion because we're all well-trained individuals, and that's where the training comes from. Because if without the good, without good training, you're not going to have people to make those decisions like that. So I think that's the fourth one that we don't talk about. Yeah, that, that, that wasn't mentioned in that course. Right. So,
0: let's get uh, did uh, how did the how did the teacher react?
1: <laughs> I think he wasn't really getting the whole point, because, it, again, it's, you know, it's off, it's, it was kind of offhand, well, it wasn't offhanded, but it was like, I was bringing it up, and I think he kind of thinks that's, in his mind, it almost seemed like he thought that was what laissez-faire was. Right. Because when I hear the word laissez-faire, like, right away, I hear the word lazy, and it's like, I'm like, lazy leadership, I don't think that's what it means, but it's basically, let, I think it's let the people do what they want, or I think yeah, that's it's the actual definition Yeah, of. let
2: it be, let it be. But yes. So, it, it is let them do not what they want, but oh, yeah. I it's,
0: actually
1: brought it up. Yeah, perfect.
0: But it, it, we've we've discussed many times the the decentralized command through what we do now in the new training styles that you guys have implemented. It's definitely something that we've worked towards as a department, um, and it was a it was a major shift. It, it was a major shift, and luckily we had a whole bunch of new minds. Um, that were very open to those changes and even okay. some old mines as well which were open to those changes there was still a little bit of a, a stick here and there of, of change you know because there's two things firefighters hate the way things are and
1: change yeah there's a good saying i just heard uh the other day was uh the fire service is 200 years of tradition unhampered by progress <laughs> because that's what we run into all the time that's not the, that's what we've always done it you know, it's, it's not broke, don't fix it. You know that sort of stuff. But maybe it is broken, and there's other options to do things. So, yeah, that's where that's what we're leading into with this kind of new, new wave thinking, <laughs> which I don't think it's actually new wave. I think it's been around for quite some time.
0: Absolutely. I, and again, when we were we were talking about this before, I think all of those styles mixed are great. We have had some history of probably each one of uh, of those leadership styles maybe not the uh, decentralized command, because I don't think it was on the table, but um, could one of you speak to maybe one of the leaders that we had that was more democratic and maybe how they went and how we had that process go through and how that affected us?
3: Sure. I'll speak to a democratic leader. Uh, when I first joined this department, it was the late 90s, and I took a break for a little while and came back. Um, you old. <laughs> okay. My chief then was quite democratic there were times where he was autocratic of course but on the whole I'd put him in the democratic side he always discussed things he said to all the members what do you think of this he always brought to the table always was democratic Um, and he was a chief here for a long long time he was a firefighter since 64 and uh, I'm not even sure when he was chief but he's chief as long as
0: I can remember do you, do you see that, do you think that was something that, like, what were the negatives of that that you, that you saw?
3: Like I say, he did have um, times where he was autocratic, and he, he did assert. Um, but the downside of a democratic leader that's strictly democratic is you, you view him as wishy-washy. Right. Um, this guy, I don't think I'd, I'd call that. I just think that he's more on the democratic side. Right. But, yeah, the, the negative of a democratic-only leader would be
1: wishy-washy. Right well sorry and uh, if, did you not have a, there was an assistant chief that was pretty autocratic if I remember like I wasn't here at the time but from right. hearing right yeah he was pretty I heard he was pretty uh, like almost like a tyrant yeah I <laughs> so yeah. maybe that's where the dichotomy comes from <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah so they had a bit of a yeah the dichotomy
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay and then we obviously we went through a phase where we had somebody that was very autocratic and we did, yeah, recently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> difficult to speak on. <laughs> um, well, let's let's just let's just say straight, like what is what is the downside of always being an autocratic leader?
2: Everybody's under somebody's thumb, and there's no real room for personal growth if you're being told the way to do it from the jump off until the end of the call for people to grow and for for them to become better you need to allow them to spread their wings a bit to to go out and to trust in in your people and their skill set that you've trained to go out and get the job done if you say i want you to go and take the two and a half off five lengths run out spray in this window walk them down that path every step of the way you're making mindless drones if you say, I need you to go attack the Alpha Bravo corner, there's uh, they're going to go, and they know what to do. And that's going to be it. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's go.
1: Yeah, I think that particular person was, uh, even in the hall, was like, nope, this is the way it's going to be. So there was, no, there was no discussion. It was just like, this is how it has to be. It wasn't even every fire call. It was just like, Every time, yeah, I'd bring something up that was new. There, there'd there be ways, as a training officer, I'd get a, like, I, you know, like anything else, I could figure out how to get around people. So I'd, I'd figure out how to plant seeds in other people's minds, and then we'd all kind of be like, suddenly we'd be all on one side, and then he'd be like, oh, okay, I guess we're going to do it this way. <laughs> Which, I don't, it's not the best way to do things, like, it's like, kind of underhanded, but, um, like, we were talking in this course, um, am I one of the people that, are, are we the people that... You know, if mom, does, if mom says no, dad will say yes. Right. Well, our instructor was implying that's a bad thing. I said, well, what if the guy that is saying no, you don't think he knows what he's talking about? Or a bunch of guys don't think he knows what he's talking about. So, yeah, I'm going to go talk to the mom. I'm going to go talk to the other guy. Because even when we had the autocratic leader, we had a fairly uh, democratic um, deputy chief. So, it's kind of, the again, it was like the reverse of what Spencer was just talking so the chiefs kind of reversed. So we had a, we had the opposite. So I would go to the deputy chief and be like, "Hey, these are the things I want to try to do. Oh, that sounds good." And then we bring that forward. So you do have to kind of be for an autocratic chief. Maybe not on the fireground because that's you can't be underhanded and back. Like I don't not backstab, but you can't be going behind their back. But sometimes to get stuff done on the training side, I had, to, <laughs> I had to go behind his back and do things and be like, hey, we're going to, hey guys, I think we should try this. And then we try it. And then we like, I remember we practiced uh, a, a new technique. We were trying to, Spencer was there. And one of the guys that's coming next week, Todd, we, the first time we ever practiced uh, the hinge rescue. I don't I can't remember what chief we had at that time, but it's very like new techniques are right out. Not bringing anything new in. (laughs) And we were like, hey, let's practice this thing on the Tuesday night outside the building. So we were practicing this thing. (laughs) Because my thought is, let's practice it. We'll present it on a a training night. And it'll be awesome. And then they'll be like, oh, yeah, this really works. But the only way to do it is we have to practice it. So we set everything up and we're going. And then all of a sudden, all the officers start pulling in. Because it's officer meeting night. (laughs) 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 And there's pod hanging from the ladder <laughs> <laughs> hanging off a basket stretcher and we're up there with ropes <laughs> oh hey guys what's going on <laughs> so it wasn't it didn't go over that well um might set us back a little bit but in the end we end up using this rescue now but yeah yeah we train heavy on it for a while now we got it down and now we yeah. can train it you know at right, random times mm-hmm. so, i was gonna um call you out on
3: your underhanded on <laughs> The first thing that jumps to mind is getting a tender out down uh that calls south of town at the end of the big fires. That might have been a little underhanded. That was a underhanded. I don't really
1: call <laughs> <laughs> <A> great technique. <laughs> and uh
0: maybe maybe we'll also just have a quick one on the old uh Let's go. Put our SCBAs on. Stand so close <laughs> to the fire in the smoke that the officers can't hear us, and then we can make our own plan where they can't come and talk to us. Have <laughs> I, have I some of that action? But anyway, yeah, you, you use what you have to to get around what needs to be done and said. But ultimately, it's all <laughs> that was in uh, the <laughs> <laughs> it's all in trying to get things done, and not necessarily for any bad reasons. Just because sometimes things just get busy and convoluted and action and time, as we all know. Things happen fast. We need to act and respond quickly to things. And sometimes, unfortunately, if Mm -hmm. someone's caught up in something, then things need to be done quickly. It goes back to our decentralized command. If we're all smart enough to make decisions and we don't need to ask the questions that we need to ask of certain people to give us permission, we make the decisions based on the training and the repetitiveness of what we already know and
1: have done. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. And I really think now with the new leadership we have, that's where we're at. For the most part most of the officers and most of the like the chief and the deputy chief they have that mindset of like yeah these guys know what they're doing like because there's so much stuff there's so much stuff that they that a chief or whoever the ic is when they get there to do that they can't they, they just can't possibly be thinking every little step that the guys have to do when they get there it has to be like yeah we need that like it could be as simple as go put that fire out I will handle everything else. I will get rid of the... I'll get the, the power guys to come shut off the power. I'll get the gas guys to come shut off the gas. I will contact the police. I will contact the ambulance. That's all the stuff the IC is telling the dispatch to do. And he that's what he's worrying about. He's worrying about the whole picture. He can't be concentrating on that one little bit. And I, that, and I think that's where we're at right now. Because the guys know we, we're training right and we're getting things done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the part. Yeah.
0: Yeah so with the with the decentralized command what, what are the main benefits then would you say so let's say someone is currently in the situation they're a training officer maybe um and they're looking to slowly maneuver this in like they're maybe they're dealing with democratic and autocratic leaders um, and you obviously you went through the process of, uh, of not sidestepping but definitely maneuvering through some of the fog that was created from those personality types to be able to get what you got into place and then allow it to grow. So you, you got anything on that? Just how to kind of navigate those waters to maybe start influencing this a little bit more in the direction, which is more of a decentralized command. I think you just got to
1: show it. You got to show it works. And the way to do that, I guess is like you got to do it on, on training nights. You got to show that these things work. Um, but, mean, um, you got to train hard because you got to be able to have the the commodity to be like, okay, well, we can get these guys to go and do pretty much anything on the fire ground. Um, so that's the start, Like you have to really, um, up your training level, I guess. So, I mean, the training ground that we have helps huge, right? Because without a training ground, you can't test a lot of these things. And that's what we do. We, we test a lot of the stuff in it's almost real world situation but without being real world. Like we're we're, we're pushing it as hard as we can, and that's what tests it, and that's what shows the officers like, oh, okay, I can trust these guys to know what they're doing. So then, when we go to a fire, they know if I just say do whatever I'm, you know, commander's intent, the guys are going to do it. I don't think that answered your question a little bit. Well, it, it did a little <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think
0: I think it's it's tough from that one. Yeah, she got something to speak to.
2: Yeah, I think start hit hit the nail on the head there though you need to have your training up I don't think years ago and again like I'm not trying to knock on how things were before I wasn't here but I think the level of training and the intensity and across the board the level of training with all of the membership to get people to that to that level where you can trust it doesn't matter who's going to be on that track for the most part I think all of our members you would be able to say you know, this is the commander's intent. You want to go and do this. Go extricate that patient. Go, you guys, go and stabilize. Go and put the fire out. You know, you don't need to hold their hand, but you need to have a level of training across the board. Not a couple all stars, a couple rookies. I mean, rookies are tough, and that's why we do have our different level and our different color helmets so you can recognize the new people coming up. But. You, once they get released into the, the general public of the fire service, you want to make sure that they are at a level where, if they're on that truck, you can say, go and do this, and they're at the level where they can do it. So training's huge. You you need to be there to embrace this. If, if, you're, if your whole company isn't, I guess, willing to buy into the training, um, maybe that would be a downfall of it. So you need to have the entire fire company that's gonna buy into the
0: training. Yeah, and you need the right people too for decentralized command, because some people that Some people that come into this, and not just this, but everything, they come in with certain frames of mind and they're used to being treated and dealt with in certain specific ways. And some people are in the frame of mind where they have to be told what to do, and they're waiting for somebody to hold their hand. Mm-hmm. So to try and change someone's mind on that, can be challenging and it's that thought process I'm sure we all go through. As soon as any of us kind of show up to a, a call and we look at the people that run in behind us, we're all instantly making decisions of what seat am I gonna sit in? What value am I bringing to this truck? And and what kind of role do I need to take now? Because if I hop on with rookies that are, that are like younger than me in the, in the years, now I've maybe got to take control of those three back seats if I turn up and I know that there's like, I'm, I turn up with you, Spence, and it's an extrication call, and I don't know, like Grant shows up and Grant hops in the front, I'm happy days to go and get you as much stabilization as you need to get in there on the tools, because I know that you're you're way more adept at me than doing those, doing those things, right? So you, we all do that, so I think you need that kind of, you need a different mindset when you, mm-hmm. to, to be able to accept decentralized command. Scott?
1: Yeah, I think people are still important, like any, but he's still important. They don't have to be the guy leading. Because it's not like everybody's doing their own thing. That's what we got to be clear on. It's not like a, it's not like the team of uh, guys get off the back of the truck and it's like Keystone Cops, everybody runs each way. <laughs> it's like st- st- you still have that unit working. But the decentralized command part of it is the chief or the even the captain doesn't have to watch over you. Like a small unit of guys can go do like even two guys can go do one thing, so maybe the second guy there he's not a he's not a true leader, <clears throat> but he'll follow, he'll follow everything that he's been trained to do. So you need those guys too. You can't just have if you have all leaders then that it would be a real problem because <laughs> yeah. there's a whole lot of alphas. There's already a lot of alphas in the fire service and have even everybody trying to be an alpha. And I think that's why autocratic sometimes still comes out, and it still has to sometimes because you gotta, like, someone definitely has to still be in charge. Someone definitely has to tell them and someone's going to take ownership. Like, the the book that they that Jocko and Leif wrote is called Extreme Ownership, and that's really where it started. Like the the, the commander has to take ownership of his guys. So whatever he whatever he says, he has to take ownership for like whatever what happened. So he's still in charge, but he has to make sure his intent is clear for them to go out and do and their training is done and everything is done because otherwise it comes back to him or them or not him Carrie would kill me <laughs> <laughs> I think she would but <laughs> so maybe
0: um, Spence uh, I'll ask you this what what do you when you look at when you look at leaders what makes a good leader for you like what do you look at in a, uh, as good key points for a leader for for you The thing that jumps to my mind is open-mindedness.
3: The one trait of a a leader that that I don't like is my way or the highway type of leader. Um, Now, that's not to say that I don't like autocratic leaders, because there's a place for that also. So I'm being wishy-washy here, of course, but... Laissez-faire. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, but that's the thing, is that I don't like... um, was I just saying? I don't like the um, closed-minded leadership.
0: Right.
3: Yeah. So if somebody says in an autocratic way, hey, let go do this, or we're doing this, how about some input? Like, if that's a really, if, if driving in front of the fire is a bad idea,
0: um... Let's talk about it before let's we go talk ahead and do it, yeah, yeah.
3: Some of us don't really think that's such a great idea. Let's just hold our horses for a minute. Um... What I look for in a leadership is um...
0: yeah, it's tough. Eh? It's it it's is, tough. Yeah. To, it's tough to define when you're looking at it like that, for sure. Yeah. and I, I jumped on you with it because I know, but when um, when you speak up, um, and you you speak up a lot, which is great, and you need those people, <laughs> you do, you absolutely do. But when you speak up, others listen, but you have zero interest in becoming a leader, and yet you lead without having the title, right? You hmm. huh. <laughs> were in that I...
1: course that we were in. <laughs> I, I
2: was, Ash and I have this conversation actually quite a lot.
3: So, does anyone here like a good war movie? I uh, do. Carly? Oh, yeah. Them war Ash? movies. Yes, sir. Commando. It's a war movie. Commando, for sure. There you
2: go. <laughs> Get to the chopper. That's
3: Predator. <laughs> that <is> not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. I fancy myself as the sergeant from your typical war movies in that I don't want to be the guy that's that's giving the command and it's in charge and all that sort of stuff. I kind of, because I've got a fair amount of experience here. Um, so I want to be the guy that the people go to, like, hey, what do you think we should do in this situation? Um, and I'd like to think that I help out the captains in that they don't really have to worry about... Um, me with a group of guys like i can i can exude that leadership i guess we'll say um, without wearing the red hat yeah
0: I'd, I'd agree i would absolutely agree um in fact <laughs> the one of the one of the taglines is everybody needs a spencer and we've brought it up multiple times of uh because <laughs> carrie well carrie was saying like Oh, yeah, I got stuck on the truck, and then I was having an issue with the pump, and then all of a sudden, someone walked by, and it was Spence, and he helped me fix it. And so I was like, oh, yeah, they did the same thing for me. I just, Spence walked by, and, hey, can fix this? Yeah, sure. But you like you are mad, can... <laughs> <You got their laughs> mad technical skills. mad skills. But you, you, you're right, you've, you've been on the department for a long time. You have that mechanical aptitude. You might even say you have an aptitude that is mechanical. And... Um, you, you're into that kind of stuff, right? So, and again, because of that past experience and the fact that you do also train the groups as well, right. it's a very, very, um, it's a very, very important and well-respected position I think that you hold, regardless of of that. And sometimes that's needed. That's very, very, very mm-hmm. much needed because there are questions sometimes that you want to ask. You don't want to necessarily ask an officer, and having someone that is willing to step up and answer that question without any direct authoritative response is very helpful and a lot less intimidating, especially when mm-hmm. it could be a pretty serious thing that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think it's needed. Yeah. Well, what did I say earlier today? I don't no. know. <laughs> not all,
2: <laughs> if you guys read it, yeah. because it was in the group. <laughs> it's got no read. Oh, <laughs> that. It's got no read yeah. groups. No, yeah. My that. phone's been so God, yeah. I offline. It's got Offline. Not all officers are leaders, but not all leaders are officers. So you would hope that every officer would be a leader, but if you take a look down the line, have you known any along the way that maybe aren't the best leaders? You probably have. You can see it in the the olden days, maybe today, and then you got a guy like Spence. Is he an officer? No. But is he a leader? I think he's one of the
0: better leaders within the department. Okay. Okay.
3: (laughs) I'm not sure my head's going to fit out the door. but
0: even even the pair of you guys right like we're getting into the points of individuals but it takes it takes the it takes different personalities to be able to make leadership work regardless of what style it is and we were saying earlier obviously you have the democratic and the autocratic guys that work together to create a unit that made shit work and that's what happens in our team now except we all are individually doing what we do um and learning the things and the skills that we need to 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 make that work but still the personality types help push that along and help everybody else grow in that way because everyone else here is great in that instance of we have the freedom and we're given the freedom to make the mistakes on the training ground and etc but we're we're kind of thrown into the fire a bit you've got one foot in the kind of portion of I, i might fall but the other foot is still stable so and then you learn you learn that way right Mm -hmm. you learn through through pressure Scott
1: I think some of the stuff when you're a leader is how you say things too because you can like I always say why don't we try this or what if we did this I know Matt always bugs me because I always say what because he always says well what if we did that (laughs) but I always say so what if we tried this that's my way of saying we're trying this (laughs) and you guys don't really have a choice for trying this but we're trying it And let's see what happens. And uh, it, it tends to work for me. I don't know. Now that I gave my secret might not work. It's um, like a diplomatic
3: way of saying things like, instead of, well, we're doing this tonight. Hope yeah. you guys like it. Otherwise, blah, blah.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think that helps build up the next thing I want to talk about, which is leadership capital, which is, again, <laughs> the <laughs> oh, Jaco what? stuff? Up. What's a free yeah. stuff from Jocko? <laughs> um the leadership capital, and I, I think that's the best way to describe leadership is is uh, if you think about it as a bank account. And if you're a good leader, um, you're going to do a bunch of good stuff for your people, and you're going to build like so your bank account builds up. The better leader you are, you have that stuff building. But every once in a while, you're you got to ask your guys to do something that they may not want to do, or maybe not a fun job, or it could be a you know maybe you make a bad call. Well, your capital is going to go down. You're going to you're spending some of your your leadership capital. Now some officers and not necessarily in here, but people I work with and other people, they, they they're bankrupt in their leadership capital. They're still the leader, but they're like they're out of money. And they have to dig themselves out of a hole to even start getting that leadership capital built back up. So I I really like the way that's thought of because I think of that in my head, like, oh, okay, so I'm gonna spend a little bit of my money right now and ask these guys to do something maybe not again, not necessarily on the fire ground, but you know, my other job, sometimes I'll ask guys to do something that maybe I'm like, Ugh, I don't really want to ask them this, but I'm <laughs> going gonna, gonna to tell them, or I'm going to tell them to do this, and they're going to do it, and then everything will be fine. But I've in my head, I'm like, okay, now I, next time I have to do something to help them to get that money back up. So I like that, that method of thinking of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a really good way of explaining it. Um, it yeah, I mean, leadership is. Is one of those things that different people take to it different ways. I, I I love the way that again going back to just when we get on the trucks, um, knowing when you see who's in the front seat, knowing what kind of role you have to play on the truck, and and being able to recognise that is is a skill set in its own. Just okay, well I know who's on here. I know what I need to be to make sure this goes as well as it can. Um, whether that's to take a democratic role um I, I, one of one of my favorite things now that we do which we didn't do at the beginning at least when i first started to to see it was it was the back to okay guys this is like we've got a general idea of what's going on on scene and it's okay this is what i want you to do officer turns around just says this is what i want you to do and the three people in the back are having the conversation on who's going to do what and how that process is going to occur it's way, way nicer to have that as opposed to, like you were saying earlier, Ash, of just go do this and do it this way and I need you to use this tool. Yeah. And It's just it's a waste of everyone's time and the mindless drone zombie thing. And the, I've been in a situation like that mm-hmm. and unfortunately, when I missed a step, I was penalized for it. And it just felt very demoralizing of just, well, you know, I, I'm I'm new and you told me to do these five things and... Unfortunately, it was at a time where I was being told by somebody who, uh, who wasn't, I was being trained in a newer method and they were trying to ask me to do an older thing. It just didn't make sense to me, um, which is another thing. If you're an officer, you need to be at training every time, every time, regardless.
1: As much as you can. It's a again, volunteer department, as much as you can. Yeah,
0: but it, it's, yeah. it's very, very important. Very important. Not just for the tactics, but you're you're a leader. So a leader should be showing their face when that training stuff's going on and leading groups, not just to learn the tactics, but to put money in the bank, right? Yeah.
2: That's what I was going
0: to say. That's how you build your capital. Mm-hmm. Is you
2: you go through the training. Maybe you're leading the training with the guys. Maybe you're running through it. You know, hand in hand with the rest of the fire department, you're you're doing the exact same things that they're doing. Um, I think that's how you you build that capital is you you put yourself in their position during training i mean there's a lot of training nights where i i I look around and people are like this is what we're doing tonight or ah this is going to be another late night or whatever it is and if you look around and your leaders aren't out there with you that doesn't look good in the eye of the firefighter well we're out here where it's pouring rain it's Boiling in the summertime, freezing, snow in the winter. I mean, accidents and fires happen 12 months out of the year. Accident we train. And training happen. Train, we train the shit that we're going to go and put the shit out in. So, if if we're out there. Hashtag. <laughs> you'll find that on a t-shirt somewhere. <laughs> um, so, that, that capital is bought back by being there with the membership. I, I think that goes a long way.
0: I agree. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, and even the chief, he he comes out as much as he can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even if he's not, like, you know, we did the some of the SCBA stuff, I and mean, he wasn't. He's not going to be crawling around in the in the container and trying to do all this stuff. But he he was there. He saw what we were doing. He, he was he was he was actually crawling in there to see what the guys were up to. Which is, to me, that's, that's cool. Because even, like, a chief uh, shouldn't necessarily be doing that because mm-hmm. the chief is to oversee lots of things. But volunteer department, you've got to sometimes be a hands-on chief because you, you just don't have the amount of uh, resources that, like, a big city would. Because from my understanding, in, in, like, full-time departments, the chief, some of the chiefs haven't even been on a fire ground in mm-hmm. 10 years. It's more like uh, deputy chiefs or, you know, battalion chiefs, that sort of thing. They're the ones that are on the fire ground. And to, to that, to saying that, our deputy chief is quite often rolling around in the mud with us. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's crawling through windows and putting out fires. Yeah. So.
0: yeah. And it's it's really <coughs> encouraging to see, really encouraging to see yeah. when uh, when he gets involved, which is pretty much of a practice he's always there. It's nice to it's nice to see that, for and sure. You figure
2: if you ask anybody on the department where his capital was, you'd say he's got a pretty good reserve in the bank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if he asks you to do something, whether he likes it or not, you know what? He's asking, I'll probably do it. Yeah. Because, he's yeah. built up that capital. Mm, yeah. I love that's, it. That's good yeah, That's Amazing way to look at it, right?
0: Yeah. 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 Thanks, Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the book. <laughs> Back to the book. <laughs> 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 I love it. Um, yeah, so um, maybe let's just talk a little bit about um, mentorship and how you don't necessarily need to be a leader, but you may, be already, you may already be leading without even knowing that you're doing it. So should, well, wait and speak to that a little bit, and then we'll uh, I, Spence. I, I let's start like, with
2: you. Yeah, I feel Spence really had something to input there.
3: Well, yeah, for sure. You can be, you can be a leader without being a leader. You can be a mentor. Um, a perfect example that I can think of is a guy we have in our department, Earl. He's younger than I am, but he's been on the department longer than I have.
1: Which I always forget—he's
3: younger. He's younger than <laughs> me too. Yeah, um, he—he's uh, like Silent Bob from <laughs> the Clerks, the New Jersey trilogy. If anybody knows that at all, doesn't matter. He—he he, uh, waits to always. drop pearls of wisdom. Um, everybody, if Earl says something, because he doesn't say stuff often, if Earl says something, people around here listen. Um, like I, I'd call him a young guy cause he's younger than me, but a lot of the people around here would call him an old guy, but he's been around the block and he's seen lots of stuff and he's got a really level head on him. So when he does open his mouth and start to, to say something, you can, you can see the room stop and listen. And, uh, and that's a mentor. Um, whatever he decides to say is going to be well thought out and well delivered. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I was just going to build on that with with Earl.
3: Um,
2: What I really like about him, Earl is very the old ways. However, what I love about Earl is if you show him proof of concept, this works, he buys into it. So he is the true olden days firefighter that is willing to adapt moving forward and that's why when he speaks and I learned that quite early in my career here if he speaks I shut up and see what he has to say because he is willing to adapt but he definitely wants to see why we're doing it and I can think of a million times along the way that we've changed some things uh, two and a half preconnect being one of them <laughs> I don't understand why we would do that we show him well, holy shit that worked out pretty alright and now he buys into it.
1: So, yeah. And, but then on the same night, um, we were doing something different with our, our pre-connect we, that we had learned through a course we took. The guy was showing us how a certain way to do a, a Minuteman uh, load. Um, and it was a deviation from what, the way we've done it in the past. So I started showing it on a training night, and Earl said, Well, the reason why we do it this way... Is because of this reasons, and he showed me, and I was like, "Oh, there's a reason why we've done it the way we've always done it." So I was like, "Okay, so there is a reason." Like, because sometimes, like I, I, the, my least favorite term in the world is that's the way we've always done it. But sometimes, if like a guy like Earl can speak up and mention this is a reason, and he knows a reason, and he can show me that why why we do it th- this old way, then that's fine. Let's stick it to, stick it that way. And this, yeah, this, I mean, this thing, the guy taught us, I can't remember what it is anymore because we dropped it. Um, it was just a w- certain way to wrap the, or to, to end, I think it was to end off the, <clears throat> excuse me, the Minuteman. And we've since reverted back to our old ways, and it's way better, and it fits in with the two and a half that we mm-hmm. know as a pre-connect. So, and, and there's like, out of, you know, 32 guys on the department, there's, or three, whatever we have right now, um, there's... There's a there's a half a dozen a dozen guys like like Earl, that that are good mentors, but they're not going to be they're never going to be captain. They never they don't want to have him be chief, mm. but they will step up and they will mentor. And they'll not, maybe not mentor uh, verbally. They'll mentor mentor physically. Like they'll take you aside and be like, "Hey, try this way." Oh, okay, cool. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I've gotten a few little bits from from Irwin the same same way. And like you said, there's there's a whole bunch of people that. They don't necessarily stand up in front of the crowd and lead the lead the pack, mm-hmm. but when you need to have that one-on-one with people, or if they see you either struggling or doing something in a certain way, they can step up and just say, "Hey, try it this way. Do this thing this way. It's way easier, and this is why we do it this way." And uh, if you are that person, then that's great. It's great to do that and keep doing what you're doing. Um, maybe look into maybe potentially if you're if you're you know, look in that direction, look at maybe looking to being a leader and, and seeing how that can progress for you. I think the biggest key is
2: a leader will speak in front of a group where a mentor could potentially do that. But they are more of a one on one or one on few. You know, mentors will be, hey, let's take you or you few under my wing over here where a leader needs to be able to lead the many. Um next yeah like you say though a mentor can grow into a leader
0: or can actually just become one um yeah yeah Scott you got anything else from Joker's math
1: I was actually going to bring something up but uh thinking about it now cuz this is from our point of view as firefighters and next week is from um, the it's going to be from the captain's point of view and I think I'll talk about there's a few things uh, such as prioritize and execute cover move Definitely gonna be from the officers' point of view. Um, what what they could be doing to make a better fire ground for, for us as firefighters. So I will save that for information so I can read it again. <laughs> 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 the full
0: recap. Spence got anything new want? I don't think so. I think we covered quite a fair bit, boys. I think we did mm-hmm. well, yeah. Yeah. Okay, gentlemen. Ash, Scott, Mr. Spence, thank you all very much for your time. Thanks Mr. everyone. Mr. Spence. Every time.